Wow. This is Star Trek. Welcome back to Newbie Star Trek. Uh, I'm Marvin. I'm here with uh, Ricardo and Dan. Hey, I'm Dan. Hello, I am Ricardo. I'm still myself. That's true. Think things haven't changed there. Everything else in the world has changed, but Dan yes. and Ricardo are still there. I have changed. I'm I'm a I'm like I'm a horrible person now. That's I'm still happened. a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what changed? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, welcome back to Newbie Star Trek. It's uh thanks for listening, by the way. If you've been with us for uh for this long, stop by on Apple Podcasts or wherever, give us a review. That'd be fun. If you really like the podcast, that would help us out a lot. Get us up those charts. But anyway, uh we're this week we'd watched The Last Outpost, which would have been a five. Episode five. It would have been a good episode if it weren't for the Frankie. <laughs> so But it's all about the Ferengi. I know, exactly. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully Uh, you'll explain yourself. (laughs) Well, you know, we'll 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 talk about it. uh, Sure, uh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Sure we will. Uh, the first appearance of the Ferengi. uh, Yes. Which is which is interesting. And um just a this is a spoiler, uh Gene Roddenberry thought the Ferengi would become the big bads of Star Trek like the Klingons were. Spoilers, they did not. (laughs) uh so this episode premiered in october 19th of 1987 dan if you could give us a recap of what was happening around that time well around that time i noticed that like it's my habit to check like the music charts of the week Mm -hmm. and uh notably one two and three were michael jackson madonna and prince that's a with, good trip. Yeah. yeah, with bad causing a commotion, and you got the look. That is so, a good trio. That was, yeah, that was just found that, like, oh, wow, that's pop culture right there. Um, <laughs> also, Mike Tyson's Punch Out was released in stores just the day before on the 18th. Ooh. Fantastic title there. One of, one of the best NES games ever. Yes, agreed. But unfortunately, on the day of 10-19-1987, it's actually a very notorious date in history because it was a Black Monday. It was a day where the stock market dropped over 20% oh, in a shit. single day. It Coinciding was with the arrival of the Ferengi. Exactly. <laughs> How coincidence? What a, what coincidence? a weird, weird coincidence. Um, mm. Actually, uh, if like if you want a modern examination of Black Monday, there's actually a Showtime TV series about it that just debuted last year, 2019, oh. starring Don Cheadle and Regina Hall. Oh. Um, it's about Wall Street outsiders who get entangled in the stockbroken leading up to the crash. So they realize check that this, out if you this like. This is all bullshit. This is yeah. awful. So <laughs> uh, stay tuned for our Black Monday podcast starting next week. <laughs> Newbie Black Monday. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, <whoa. laughs> well, anyway, that's what I got. Wow, what a what a shitty time. <laughs> uh, uh, good, good thing we're in such a better place now. <laughs> yeah, things are definitely much better now. There is absolutely nothing to worry about anymore. Much, much better. <laughs> much better. <laughs> it's all good. Don't want talk about anything. We'll be My jaw will unclench very soon. <laughs> uh, the Ferengi. Uh, this Oof. is the first time they showed up. And, uh, Ever? It's, 
Uh, ever, yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah. And I also found it so interesting. Like I it, like this really was the beginning because like even within canon in the show, the, it, this is supposedly like the first contact Starfleet vessels I've ever had with Ferengi ships. Knowingly. Uh, apparently there's like flashbacks where they're like, what ship is that? And they never found out, but the they were actually Ferengi. Oh, but so they're like, is, they retcon stuff later? Yeah, but like, but it still makes sense canonically because they were like, we don't, we didn't realize that was even Ferengi and we never saw them before. We, we were just like, this is a UFO. We don't know what it is, you know? Yeah, so it's prequel bullshit. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so did you ever, did you ever want to find out how the Ferengi ships grew to be so mysterious? <laughs> <laughs> you ever want to find out why the Ferengi are such horrible stereotypes? This is why. Uh, oh, anyway, gosh. Ricardo, having watched the episode, would you yes. please give us a recap? I can, I can. But before we get going, hey, ease. do you want to sponsor our program? <laughs> <laughs> because if you <laughs> like the smooth, smooth taste of sour diesel <laughs> or the silky, silky taste of lavender cookie base camp, <laughs> what a better place to get your products? Yeah. Of the cannabis nature, an ease, Mm-mm-mm. ease, <laughs> so smooth. So back to you, Ricardo. <laughs> smooth, both in product and in service. Yes, yes, yes. Um, they. I've do... never used ease. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't use ease. Many My times. brain. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain will melt. Yes. Um, so yeah. So this episode. I should start every episode or when I start describing by asking a few questions. So I already asked, uh, the Ferengi had never been in in any of the previous, well, one previous series, which was, what do we call that? Or or is it, is it Star Trek? That's TOS. Yeah. TOS uh, stands for the original series. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. It's a lot of letters to remember. Yeah, they, see, the Ferengi, th- this is why the, the presentation is so ominous when they first show up in this episode. Like, you don't see them for a while. Mm-hmm. Everyone's mm-hmm. scared of them. Because Gene Roddenberry honestly thought this was going to be the replacement for Klingons. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking Ricardo Montalban yeah. as a villain. They thought this this would be that. <laughs> they were very wrong. <laughs> so, the Klingons, what is, what is Worf? Worf is a Klingon. Yeah, he's a Klingon, Klingon, but why does Ricardo Multiban look like a handsome fucking young man? And Worf looks—he's uh, got some weird things going on in his forehead. Because is the original Khan version, a Klingon? He is a Klingon. Oh, no, wait, no, no, no. Khan is not a Klingon. I'm he's sorry. A Ro- Romulan? No. Yeah. No, no. No. He's I not. Think he's, he's like no, a singular he's a being. Yeah. He's, he's a superhuman. Like, he's like an experimental. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, super baby. This is something that I mentally always mistook as when I was younger that Khan is a Klingon. He's not. He's a superhuman that was like genetically altered. But Mm. there are Klingons in the original show. The reason why Klingons look the way they do in TNG versus the original is because the originals, they look like horribly racist Chinese stereotypes. Mm. Um, And then they're like, we shouldn't do that. Um, And then so they explain it away by saying, okay, so Klingons look this way now. They're they're alien, but not in a racist way. And the reason is because there was some sort of Klingon virus that radically altered their entire species appearance at once, which is really strange. I mean, they could have just not done that, which is also fine, but Star Trek goes out of its way to like explain everything. Right. So it's fine. Well, isn't it funny how like, they're like, dude, that the, the, the fucking, the Klingons, we were really racist about them, dude. But anyway, (laughs) let's talk about these Ferengi and how they're basically 
<laughs> Jewish folk. <laughs> what the fuck are they thinking? I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, That's like, we'll, they'll never we'll, figure it out. It's their yeah. ears that are big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. They're, and they love gold. No one will figure it out. Everyone shit. loves gold. Yeah. yeah. Um, that thing that can be replicated endlessly at, at, like at any terminal. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, huh? Yeah. <laughs> They, oh, they could have just re- replicated it and been like, "Hey guys, do you, if you guys want gold, we'll give you all the gold you guys want." <laughs> is, that, um, is that all you want? Ah, yeah. Equitable trade. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, we have the last outpost, and what what it is is the the crew of the old Enterprise. They are on pr- in pursuit of this Ferengi vessel, which uh, they believe has stolen this uh, power converter or energy converter. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they stole it from this unnamed like Federation outpost and they're, they're, they're hot on their trail. And then the, the Ferengi ship and them stop really close to this planet. And the, the enterprise starts losing power and they can't like, they can't shoot off any, any missiles or whatever they're called phasers. Yeah. <laughs> um and they're like what the fuck is going on man we i don't understand what, what why are we losing power these these guys are supposed to be at the same technology level as mm-hmm. we are the frankie mm-hmm. and then they think that these guys are going to shoot them down but like they're they're both not shooting they're just kind of like just sitting there like like ducks in the water not doing anything mm-hmm. and then they send a, a group of people you know what i noticed about this episode that there's there's no the b storylines really very sparse like like their main thing with the beast be, first of all we got a vacation from wesley in this episode no fucking yeah. wesley yeah he's yeah. not all. like not yeah. even yeah yeah mm-hmm. there are there are going to be episodes where you don't see certain like like for example in the the racist wakanda episode uh wharf doesn't show up at all for example even oh, though yeah. being a warrior he probably would have been a good fit for the show but they probably took him out specifically because they wanted tashiar to be you know, more involved as a warrior. Yeah, yeah like yeah. security. And uh, it's also kind of interesting because Worf is the only... Uh, black member. Yeah, of the, the br- black of the member of the bridge. Cap- <laughs> well, of the yeah. bridge. Yeah, because Jordy's often down in engineering. He's he's often on the bridge too, but... Oh, like, and, se- yeah, I guess you're right. As the seasons go on, he ends up being much more of an engineering guy and stays there way more often. So Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm too used to thinking of Jordy in the engineering like area. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're like, should we shoot them? Should we not shoot them? These guys are weird. And then they decide, uh, well, let's make contact and see what's up. Let's uh, let's talk to these dudes. And then they come on the screen and woof, boy, uh, <laughs> they have huge ears. These dudes, how, how do we describe these guys? Um, they're really. Well, the, the <sighs> way they do, the way they frame them are they're trying to make them as hideous as possible. Like they get them. In right, like and the they almost craziest make a gag clo- of it because, like, one of the first things is like, "Oh, you humans are so ugly." Oh yeah, wait, let yeah. Me, yeah, let me, let me, uh, let me play the clip for you here. Ferengi vessel from Enterprise, come in. Your alien images again shock us. With regard to the surrender, David, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll admit it's, it's a funny gag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our surrender, agreed. Perhaps you would agree to a more productive relationship. I prefer a more profitable one, you man. Yankee trader. Explain what means Yankee traders. He heard that. It recognizes your interest in profit. God damn it, Data. Or is that an incorrect <laughs> assumption? 
We seek only what is equitable. What did you seek? Why did you begin by attacking us? We did not attack you. We gave chase in order to recover a Federation-owned energy device which... Which we know is ours! Your barbarous Federation placed it on one of our planets! On the contrary, Gamma Tauri Ford is recognized by all civilized members the of the Federation. you're not uncivilized, Duman! Are you suggesting otherwise? Well, I'm nice one, Picard. That you removed something which clearly did not belong to you. Are you now calling us thieves? On the contrary. <laughs> I have no wish to discuss issues of property or of territory while our mutual problem remains. Like it or not, we are both trapped by this energy-draining force field from the planet. On that matter, there can be no argument. So that's actually the second time they show up, but that's why he says your 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 visage is sho- shocks us once again. But yeah. then, so obviously the Ferengi are a joke, like the way they're yeah. Yeah. displaying them, and it's like it's comical, and it kind of it kind of ruins the episode, honestly. But everything around the Ferengi is like a, actually a good episode of TNG because mm-hmm. like like some sort of problem arises, right? And then Picard, I think he acts most like a captain for the first time here. Where he's like, okay, a situation has arised. What are we supposed to do? The enemy is very strong. How do we respond? And I feel like every cast member actually gets their time to shine. Like even Deanna, who usually is just like the counselor who gives like very like general, not very like necessary advice. It's like the advice that everyone in the room understood already. Mm-hmm. She, she like she would be like, oh, he's very nervous, and like everyone's like, yeah, we, we know. You could tell he was sweating. But like when when he brings her into the conference, well, not just her, but he brings the entire crew into the conference room to ask for ideas. Mm -hmm. Like she has this really great line here. But Captain, isn't firing on us an act of war? The facts are the Ferengis did fire on us, but we were chasing them. Since then, all they've done is search our computers, trying to learn who and what we are. Your point, Counselor. Let's talk to them. It's been tried. No response. But did we tell them anything they wanted to hear? Like it's great. Like Ooh, she's actually, yeah, she's she is actually a counselor. She mm-hmm. had a perspective of being a pacifist that no one else in the room had, and actually made the right call, which is something that's really rare for Deanna. That's true, actually. Yeah, like, she doesn't mm-hmm. really get to have good advice, and you know, and this is all obviously all before um, they realize it's not the Ferengi doing it right. Like before this, they have that cool scene where Riker and Jordy are trying to do like this crazy maneuver to get out of it. And oh, like yeah. Jordy gets super excited in the Yeah, it's like the most animated he's ever been. I know. I have I I pulled it because it was such a weird I never seen Jordy I don't remember Jordy acting like this ever in the show. What's our acceleration delay between slow reverse impulse and top warp speed? Well that's point three hundred milliseconds. There's uh, I see where you're going. We ship down, then kick hard into warp nine. Yeah, come back, fight. Woo-wee! Can we do it, Jordy? After it's done. I want a slow reverse engine drop off over five minutes. We'll show them what this baby can do, sir. Give me everything you got, LaBorne. Aye, aye, sir. <laughs> I, I think that's a reference to Scotty. Maybe. Right? Yeah. It sounds like, give me everything, LaVorne. Like, because Scotty's most famous line is, I'm giving her everything she's got, Captain, right? So yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like it's some sort of reference there, because they're in, they're in the warp core. 
I do want to take a quick tiny moment to acknowledge that there is a gold dead-ass Triforce just slapped onto the warp core in the engineering oh. that I noticed for the first time. <laughs> so apparently warp technology is powered by Din, Nehru, and Ferrari. <laughs> just a it's note. Pow- yeah, it's powered by the old gods of Hyrule. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm sorry, Ricardo, please. No, 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 no. Oh, 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 sorry. And one more other thing. I also noticed <laughs> in the same in the same scene, sorry. <laughs> there was one engineer who was actually covered in like oil and grime and stuff. And I like I saw that in the background. I was like, whoa, it's so rare to see a Starfleet. That actually makes no sense. <laughs> with like, you know, he looked like a grease monkey. And I was like, are they using grease and oil in the Enterprise? You're like, it's, it's all ba- ball bearings up here. Yeah, yeah. It, that actually <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense for the for the Star Trek aesthetic because it's supposed to be like hyper clean and hyper. That's yeah. interesting. <laughs> what, if, what if there's that some dude, dude that has like Star a Wars? What if it's some, there's some dude in that like the, the Enterprise is a pretty big ship. Like, what yes. if there's some dude that's like, dude, look, I don't have a family, but I gotta travel with my 65 Chevy. I just gotta take it. I gotta take it. And they're like, oh, fuck it, dude. I, you, I guess you don't have a family. Just bring it along. And he's like, look, on my time off, I like to drink a cold beer and work with my 65 Chevy. And I also like to listen to the Backstreet. Uh, sorry, the Beastie Boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I nearly fucked yeah. up. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe the Backstreet Boys. You know, we don't know. We don't I mean, know. Yeah. It, 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 they were contemporary. Yeah, yeah. And they also, were, at, at the time, at the time of TNG happening, it would be they would consider it classical music. So maybe he's yes. like, "I'm a classical man. I like yeah. really old machines. Yeah, like and really classical mix a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so you got Jordy, who's really animated. He's just so excited about pulling this maneuver. And they pull the maneuver and it doesn't work. It's just, they, they're still stuck there and they're even, they're losing even more power. Actually, you know what I was noticing about this episode is that in the previous episodes, like Riker had not been, like, if I had to write up a top 10 list of my favorite characters, he was probably at the very bottom. Oh. Uh, but this one is the one where I was like, man, this, this guy, Chris, uh, what's his name? Uh, his, his oh, Jonathan Frakes. Name? Jonathan Frakes. I thought it was Chris Frakes. Jonathan <laughs> Frakes. Uh, he's pretty fucking good. Like he saved I the really, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. And like time. he he had some like really like subtle acting that was really well done. And uh, I I kind of changed my mind. I was like, oh man, this uh, he may be one of my favorite characters now. I mean, he's but, it's 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 pointing towards the fact that he can be as good a captain as Picard because Picard yeah, acts yeah. very diplomatic here too. But yeah. Riker gets his time to shine as I'm not just a commander that carries out his o- orders. I can because because I, I think they're basically also trying to set up the idea that hey, in the event that Picard isn't popular, we can just slot Riker in. So yeah, here's an yeah. example of him being a very good leader because he yeah. basically not just saves the day, but he does so in a very like wise way, which is like as time goes on, it doesn't feel very Riker. So it's really nice to see early on that he gets to have that type of moment. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And and uh, so the this this thing that's that's sucking their their power, it's also going through all their basically going through the Internet that they have on board. Basically, <laughs> yeah. he's just like coming through all the metadata that they have on board <laughs> and just soaking it all up and they realize like well maybe it's not them like they seem as confused as we are so let's uh let's do this let's send a, a party down there investigate and see what the fuck is going on and they send uh Riker, yar jordy and data right yeah or and Dada. Worf. and Worf. yeah and Worf. yeah yeah they send yeah, them yeah. down 
to explore and everybody everybody else stays on the enterprise and they're slowly losing like even like critical systems like they slowly life like support there's life support away. and like it's starting to get cold but you never see them like if it starts if if like support systems start to like go don't you think the first thing is like hey let's all get our winter coats we got to put on some coats yeah. in here no yeah there's like some blankets being handed out yeah but also like there's like people are saying oh it's so cold but like no one's breath is like no, cold no, or no. they didn't even <laughs> like, they didn't even everyone just like their frost effect no no <laughs> yeah basically, why not they love that effect so much you might as well have tried something i don't know yeah, it's, and I was, I was basically they're like ah we're tired let's just sit down and <laughs> then and then um <laughs> the Dr. Crusher is like, oh, I'm thinking of giving Wesley a sedative. And it's like, dude, we're gonna <laughs> yeah, die. Yeah. And, and even like Luke's like, nah, let him let him fucking die. Like, like a yeah. give him some dignity. It's crazy that we never saw him. And another thing that I, I'm jumping ahead, but I, I want to mention before I forget, is that like you at the end when like everything gets fixed, you see the doctors on the bridge and Picard's like in, in the captain's chair. But like, oh, so, yeah. so they were there the whole time. And like, I'm thinking like, if, if, if that's like our last moments, I kind of want to be with my son, you know, like, like, <laughs> like, but she was like, nah, fuck this guy. This guy's a bitch. I'm going to leave him to die alone. <laughs> Oh man, that's a great way to frame it. Cause I had, I had thought it was, it was like a more romantic angle. It was just being like hinted because yeah. in their last moments, it's Picard and Riker and, and Crusher together, yeah. which I was like, I almost said Riker, which should also be very uh, <laughs> appropriate. But, uh, but, but yeah, I, I, my, my uh, take on interpretation. Yeah. My yeah. interpretation of that was I like, oh, they only have their last moments together. They're going to hold. But <laughs> the idea of, of Beverly being like, fuck my son though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he's fucking annoying. He's going to ruin it. He's going to ruin my last moment alive. In my last moments, I'm not worried about my spawn. I'm worried about getting wet. That's what yeah, I want. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's, she's just sitting there next to, next to the card. And then when she comes back, like whenever, when the life support comes back on and like everyone like wakes up from their nap, uh, she doesn't go, Oh fuck, Wesley, where the fuck is he? No, she's yeah. like, Oh, Oh, we're saved. It's like, eh, she doesn't give a shit, dude. Yeah. She's one a deadbeat mom. One thing I like about that scene when they're waking up, which I found hilarious is that like, you know, everyone's doing the, first of all, everyone instantly goes, Oh, that's much better. You know, as if that's, <laughs> you know, suddenly there's a ton of oxygen and warmth, like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But then like some people were like leaning up against consoles and like with their heads rested down and then they, they slowly get up like as if I know, oh, we don't have to lean anymore. We can just stand upright. <laughs> <laughs> this it's, this it's, thing isn't, isn't just pulling us onto our consoles. Like what's going on? <laughs> no, everything's it's, normal. It's everything's like, normal. it's like the directors were like, we just need some shots, insert shots of people tired. You come here. Just, just, yeah. This Those is the are set just we candid. have. <laughs> yeah. Those are just candid. Yeah. This is just between takes. They were just, they're just tired. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the awake crew uh, goes down to the planet to, to inspect it. And it's really like it, it looks really primitive, the planet, but there's also like these weird, like eye shaped, uh, I, I would describe them like things you would see at, in the Fortress of Solitude. Like these yeah, weird, like, yeah, uh, crystal things popping out yeah. of the of of the ground, and um, there it's there's a lot of dry ice on the planet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, I love the matte, I love the matte painting shot of it's not a matte painting, but the matte shot of like 
uh, Riker walking on, onto the, the the fake cliff and going, yeah. hello, hello. And you look around and it's anybody? very clearly just dry ice. Anybody. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> it's pouring <laughs> over these miniatures. It's very charming. Like it's, it's it, it reminds me of like, of that era of, of like yeah. of, of a filmmaking where you're just like oh this is, this is like a, like a, what a I did like notice a, though like robot jocks <laughs> you know reminds yeah. me of that yeah I noticed did that he- I think I saw some plants down there even though previous while up on the ship they say we detected no life forms <laughs> yeah and I was like oh but they're plants oh well whatever they, don't they, worry they, about they, it Dita should have been like <laughs> oh plastic <laughs> <laughs> he just looks at record yeah. goes plastic yeah, yeah. Not, not alive <laughs> we're good um <laughs> we're good we're good. We do. canon preserved yeah put um, your phaser back in yeah. <laughs> so do they ever discuss and you know maybe mean in a non-spoiler way do they ever discuss them visiting a ton of planets and no the oxygen levels are are perfectly fine 100 percent of the time yeah, so earlier when they start describing the planet, they say this is a class M planet. Right. Class mm-hmm. M means it's very similar to Earth in terms yeah, of survivability. Okay. So when it's not, they don't beam down. The the one thing that's always been missing from the Star Trek like original shows, like you know, TOS, TNG, DS9, etc., is that I don't think there's an example of them ever going down to a planet where they're like, This is not a class M planet, but we have to be there. So they put on like spacesuits. I don't yeah. think that ever yeah. really happens. The other weird thing is that is like, even if it is a class M planet, you probably still want to go down with some sort of protection Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you never know what life forms are there or what sort of bacteria. Exactly. Exactly. I know. But (laughs) like, like viruses aren't life forms, right? Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't. I don't know how they define them. That's true. I don't know. But so a couple of things, one would be temperature changes. Like they don't know how fast the temperature changes. Uh, th- yeah they just show up uh yeah. two would be bacteria and stuff also like i went in a, like i got really high one time and i went in a deep dive on time travel <laughs> uh-huh. and i was thinking <laughs> if you time traveled back in time like far enough yeah you could possibly even even in if you're literally going back in time into the same spot you're in right now you could probably bring back some nasty diseases or oh, catch yeah. something nasty you would fuck oh, things sure. up just yeah, from yeah. your presence yeah e- and even just being the same planet period like being like look i'm standing here at this moment right now i'm gonna travel back in time 30 40 50 years and into the same spot i oh, sneeze yeah. when i get there i kill off a whole bunch of people <laughs> probably imagine like bringing the common cold back to the dinosaurs right like it oh, would yeah, probably yeah. cause a yeah. devastating epidemic you know yeah yeah maybe that's what we did we <laughs> him up dude a lot of time travel. Maybe this is what this whole Corona thing is. Some time traveler <laughs> fucking sneezed on oh, some shit. other person. Oh, Maybe this was it. actually COVID-86. Yeah. <laughs> but to us, it's only this version of it. Yeah, the and 19th. Yeah. Um, so they go down to the planet and then Jordy's like hanging upside down. He just shows up to the planet, and I don't know what happened. He like ends up upside down. They don't really explain it. They just go, "I, I, I, I teleported this way." Yeah, there are girls here. Yeah, he's 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 like okay with it. He's like, "Oh God, uh, I wish <laughs> it was happen again." Upside down. Yeah, um, and I guess it could be because of the energy, the way the energy works in that planet. I don't know, but he's yeah. Fine with I, th- it. I think like I think like either the energy just fucks with the transporter or. 
um, because the the outpost guy has so much control, he probably intentionally spread them apart as a test or something. Oh, yeah. He seems to be testing them, testing them the whole time. So yeah, you just mentioned the outpost guy, and he is a remnant of something called the Takan Empire. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's like, a very interesting concept to introduce here because it's like here's a bygone civilization that all died out, but they were way better than we were. Yeah, or they were far yeah, superior yeah. to us in every way. Although they love Star Sun Tzu. <laughs> well, yeah. a, a lot a lot of TNG episodes, not TNG, just TNG, but a lot of Star Trek episodes in general will bring up this thing of like, for the purposes of this plot, like either this ex- extremely old race was here or like this civilization occurred in a bubble on its own somehow and ended up being this way or very advanced and usually just never return to it. You're yeah. just like, what happened to that guy? What, there's a there's a dominion war happening. Wouldn't the outpost guy be really helpful here? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and the, they, I don't know. It's it's just interesting. Anyway, that, uh, uh, he, he struck me as... Um, he, he, it's just Billy Crystal from The Princess Bride, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I had to look it up because I was like, this has got to be like a big cameo. Like it's somebody famous <laughs> I don't know, and like some nah, thick ass just, makeup. No, it's just some random dude, some, some random guy. day player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, what I did that he's kind of like an eternal, like from the Marvel universe, right? In like, a way, yeah. Sure, yeah sure. In uh-huh. a way, yeah, yeah. He he's got he's like really old. He's got this power, like, and he's he control planet basically. He can control like a, a whole atmosphere. Uh, he's a really yeah. They do very little to explain his powers yeah. or the extent of his powers. He just say like closes his eyes sometimes and then tells you that something happened. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, and then he like he tests Riker. He's like, yeah, like if you he basically is he plays Jeopardy with with Riker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he's like, well, it's uh, a callback, right? So like, like yeah. Like so, in, so earlier in the episode, Riker because their plan didn't work. Riker has has this quote, the conversation with Picard right here. Sometimes Riker, the best way to fight is not to be there. Yes, sir. He will triumph who knows when to fight and when not to fight. Glad the academy is still teaching the strategies of Sun Tzu. Yeah, so there's the setup. That line though really struck me as odd because why would he mention the academy and what they're still teaching when Riker, like, how much older than Riker is he? How much? Yeah. How many more years of like fleet experience does he have? Riker's not well, green. But, he's served on no, another but, ship before. Uh, no, he's I white. Think, I, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think I think the idea is that Picard is just that old. I think the idea is that Picard's been in Starfleet for like 40 years and Riker's maybe been there for like a decade, mm. you know, because because Picard was the captain of a previous ship before the Enterprise. Like the Enterprise is the flagship, right? He's had to go through a long career to be able to become the captain of the biggest starship, most important starship in the Federation, right? Yeah. So because before this, he was captain of the Stargazer, which is how he met uh, Beverly Crusher's old husband and got involved in all that. How he slept with his wife. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, so he, I, I feel like he's had at least a 30-year career. And Riker, he's not just starting, obviously. He served with another captain and all that. But he's definitely at least a few decades greener. So maybe Picard was just pointing that distinction out because because they they obviously hired Picard because he looks much older like he he's right. like an old man he's he, like in the show he looks like he's in his 60s you know so it's yeah how old, how old was he though I don't know I, I mean obviously you know Jean-Luc Picard is alive now uh, yeah so he he must have been in he his looks 40s. The same age too yeah he he he's like He's like uh, he's like Mike from Breaking Bad. Like he looks exactly the same his entire life. 
<laughs> like yeah, never and, the, and the one yeah. <laughs> time that they like put prosthetic makeup and stuff to make him look older like when he was younger he ended up reaching that actual age and looking better than what they made him look like i know i know it doesn't it actually doesn't look right at all now <laughs> he was he was 47 at the time yeah, I just yeah, figured that, that sounds out too. about right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's that makes sense. I mean, he had a long career on stage before this, and he was a Shakespearean actor, which is why he has such gravitas whenever he's doing like speeches and stuff like that. So, All right. So, in summary, know. like Patrick Stewart's like that guy at work who's older than you. It's like you say, like, "Oh man, I'm turning forty. My life is over." And it's like you're just a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I was fighting Ferengi when you were just a baby. <laughs> um. <laughs> Also, what are Ferengi? Yeah. Yeah, it would have been um, Klingons at the time. I guess so. I guess so. Um, back in the back in the day. Uh, so these guys, the Ferengi, when when you really get a close look at them, they're really weird looking. Like they have like, they look like they have three ears. Uh, and and <laughs> yeah. their ears, the, te- the tops of their ears, they have like a weird skin unibrow. It goes from their ears <laughs> yeah, yeah. to their eyebrows to the yeah, unibrow. Yeah. It's really weird. And I like that, but like, also very easy to ear- put onto someone's head. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> and I like, th- I like that th- because their ears are so big. When they hear thunder, their ears hurt, and they go, "Ah, yeah. oh, it's so yeah. loud." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Later yeah. on, they uh, go into other specific parts of their reproductive culture. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, ears are very so- sensitive. You see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they're talking to this dude. who's really old. He's like a he's like a wise old man with superpowers. And then, um, oh, before I forget, I, I need to mention in the beginning of the episode, uh, I totally forgot. I don't know why I meant, I forgot to mention it. Uh, he, Data is talking to him and telling him about like Earth in its early days and stuff. And basically yeah. he's talking about like our history. Yeah. And, and he keeps going on and on and on and he won't shut up. And eventually <laughs> Picard goes, uh, that's enough. Like he <laughs> yeah. basically tells him like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> stop, it it but comes out of nowhere. Stop, stop being <laughs> such a fucking know it all. I'm, yeah, I'm right? glad you were yeah. wowed to that moment. Cause I like, I have in my notes, it's like data's all like, they're like 18th or 19th century Yankee traders. For whatever reason, I seem to continuously compare 24th century things to history and knowledge from the 20th century or earlier. <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's just like it's the journey true. home where it's like what are the odds that you need earth whales from 1980s san francisco <laughs> to save yeah. the galaxy in 20 uh, san francisco to uh, 23 something whatever <laughs> yeah the, these aliens came back for the whales <laughs> <laughs> oh man i love that movie yeah that movie's great i love <laughs> that, that movie so fucking good oh man uh, and uh and so they uh they're talking to the to, to this dude and he basically gives him the jeopardy question like this is a quote who said it and the and then like Riker's like very cool he's like nah no problem dude i know who oh it yeah is. this is the this is when he says that he will triumph who knows when to fight and when not to fight Tested writer. What is the answer? How do you know my name? They just come through here. And then they artificially speed up the footage. Yeah, yeah. Ah. You are facing fate with composure. But what is the answer to my challenge? Fear is the true enemy. The only enemy. And the mind killer. (laughs) Unlike these little ones who close their minds, 
Your mind holds interesting thoughts. Know your enemy and know yourself. And you will always be victorious. Why that thought? And who is this Sun Tzu you revere? <laughs> An old Chinese philosopher. Yeah, so there's the there's the callback. And and Riker is real they tried to give him a big moment in the first the the series premiere with the with docking. You know, the, the docking and like being a cool guy. But this is this is the first episode where he's like, Riker is really awesome. He's not just like a, a lookalike Captain Kirk. He has the same type of uh wisdom as well. Mm-hmm. It's it makes his character seem much more competent than it seemed before, <laughs> where he was just kind of just there. Right. Does the do the Ferengi come back? Oh yeah! Oh okay. my goodness! They they come back <laughs> plenty of times. So so often in in DS nine, uh, Deep Space Nine, the, uh, one of the main characters is a Ferengi, and oh. he actually the, one of the Ferengi who one of the actors who play the Ferengi in this episode will go on to play that Ferengi in DS nine Quark. Oh, and uh, I think by that point they had been well aware of the fact that the Ferengi are just a horrible Jewish stereotype. So I think Quark is was created as a way to kind of help remedy that like but yeah, he like becomes really so- fleshing out like a character for at least one of them yeah but even then he ends up being like the character that is the exception that proves the rule of the frangie no so it, uh, the classic blunder yeah, yeah so it's uh it's unfortunate um oh, like the frangie is like a poisoned well so I did some research on what what the creators thought the frangie were supposed to be and they they apparently their intention was supposed to be that the Ferengi are basically humans now, but with Star Trek technology, right? So they're, this is apparently how they view current day humans, like these bumbling idiots who only care about money. I saw that explanation too, and I think it was that Armin guy himself who gave it. And um, it yeah. feels to me, at, well, I think that interview came kind of like later on in the careers of Ferengis as characters. And so yes. it struck me as like a bit of a massaging of of like it's what they definitely turned out a massaging. To, yeah, like it. it, it yeah. It, 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 yeah. It, it's, it's a liberal interpretation, I think. Yeah, because because even then, whether that was intentional or not for it to be a Jewish caricature, mm-hmm. it was like and there's nothing you can't yeah, really. Yeah. It's hard to dispute that. Like they literally love gold. <laughs> like this is literally a line. It looks like gold. It is gold. <laughs> so like, like, and like, um, apparently I don't, I don't know much about Hasidic Jewish culture or not Hasidic Jewish culture, but like ultra orthodoxy or something like that. Mm-hmm. But apparently certain ways of the Ferengi are depicted as uh, treating their women are like very, very old, old Jewish ways of treating women mm-hmm. or comparable. But like part of me wonders like I, I think I'm willing to believe that a lot of it is unintentional. Like, sure, because like, because I think like the word Ferengi is actually based on a Native American word Ferengi for for foreigner, uh, for European. I think so. It's it's like they were true. They were clearly trying like to Persian approach or something. I think I, I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't remember exactly. But it's like it's basically they're they're trying to say, hey, these are how we view outsiders in the Star Trek world. These are Star Trek outsiders, mm-hmm. and their their interpretation of an outsider is supposed to be someone who's from our time. But it's just horribly handled <laughs> for for obvious reasons. Yeah. And the problem also is that stereotyping aside, 
they were supposed to be the replacement for Klingons and Romulans, but they're clowns. <laughs> like, yeah, there's no like, way you could ever be afraid of these people as as enemies. They kind of hold off on revealing their face, like intentionally. But when they do, at first, like on the visual comms, they have this artificially zoomed in. Yeah. Like <laughs> they make their face like way too big on purpose, and the the angles are really low. To like, it, it's like. It, it's almost like that Apple commercial that, uh, that, you know, that 1984 style, like oppressive, like, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like big brother yeah. watching on you. Yeah. And like, they're doing all that to try to set them up as like big, bad people. But it's so weird because like they do all that to intimidate and it really feels like they're front loading it specifically to reveal that actually they're, they're little piddling, you know, jerks, you know, cause when you right. finally see them on the planet, it's like, well, they're all hunched over. They're all acting like, I think they were described as angry gerbils by the. <laughs> yeah, the by, directors by the, told them the told them when you're on the set, just just keep bouncing up and down like your angry gerbils. That is your 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 physical direction. Yeah, it's hardly imposing as a character. No, and like I and get they're it also for the carrying purpose. around these like weird blue large <laughs> intestine whips. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's such a strange weapon. <laughs> Like you have to, you have to like really like wind up in order to shoot a shot out of it. It's not very effective. There's a certain but, Castlevania like power up <laughs> that functions much like that, but I'm pretty sure that's not what they're going for. Yeah. And it's like, I get it for the purposes of the episode that you want it to like have that contrast, but it, it pretty much completely damaged them as an enemy, right? It's why later they would just abandon them as the main enemy of the series and go on to what they would go on to, mm-hmm. you know? and. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what they were thinking. If this feels like a very Roddenberry idea where he was just like, don't worry, it's going to be great. Ooh, ooh, and ooh. then speaking <laughs> of Roddenberry and the Ferengi, um, I don't know how far you ended up researching into this, Marvin, but I no, happened I to come far, upon yeah. this little tidbit where Gene Roddenberry was apparently so into the sexual aspects of inventing their race and culture. <laughs> he would, he, uh, the guy Herbert Wright, who co-created the Ferengi with him, and I think he directed this episode or wrote it. I think uh-huh. he was basically like, "Dude, you've been telling me about the their giant dicks for twenty five minutes, and their <laughs> and their fucking cod pieces that they have to wear." But this is a family show on at 7 p.m. on Saturdays, and then Gene was like, "All right, I guess." And <laughs> I guess we won't show their huge dicks on camera. Yeah, I, I, fine, fine. We can go without the cod piece, but just if anyone, if they ever drop trout, you know what's there. Yeah. You know it. If anyone ever asks, yeah. we'll have a we'll have an hour long explanation about their cocks, the cultural significance of their cocks. Yeah, what why they wear cod pieces on top of them. The the one of the guys when he looks at Tar, he's like, yeah, they clothe their women. Oh man, like, how yeah. dare you do anything besides stand yeah. around naked? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. It's just like disgusting. It. <laughs> <laughs> it well, uh, that's another thing that, that I actually around the Ferengi I think is great about this episode is that the the character balance is really good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like Picard gets to be Picard and have a captaining moment. Even uh, even um, Beverly Crusher gets to have a little moment where she has some character going on. And except when know, she leaves her son. <laughs> no, that's that's her character. Well, yeah, rightfully okay, okay. so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the reasons I mean, the right, reasons right. for abandoning Wesley are 100%. well documented. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then Deanna Troy has a very good moment where she really reorients every the, the negotiation towards the correct direction. Mm-hmm. And then on the planet, uh, no, Jordy gets a moment earlier too, right? With the thing. It didn't work, but he got a cool moment. He got to do something. Yeah. On the planet, Tasha Yar saves the day, basically. Like when right when it looks like everyone's about to be killed by the Ferengi, Tasha steps in and saves everybody. You know, Data has all of his moments where he's, you know, explaining stuff. And And even Worf gets a great moment of suggesting suicide. He's That's, like, if it's that, battle, I will battle. Well, also, every- also when they're on the ship, it's like, there's no shame in, in dying in battle against a superior opponent. And it's like, yeah. come on, there's no shame in dying right here. Come on, let's do it, guys. <laughs> yeah, and then so Picard immediately him. goes, there's no shame in running away either, you <laughs> fucking moron. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very Worf. I, I, and then Riker saves the day. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's in terms of character writing, it's very balanced and good and yeah. it doesn't feel like ever anyone's like out of place for doing it right yeah, it's a good like ensemble the, yeah which is i think when like some of the best star trek episodes are when they really dive into the strengths of their characters and use them as an ensemble and they and it works mm-hmm. and this is one of this is the earliest episode in tng i think where it really works well that way and and then the um the ferengi are like trying to like fall in favor with the uh with this uh superhero dude yeah, uh, yeah the yeah. superpowers dude and he's like these are barbarians and they start describing all their like transgressions you know and yeah, why yeah. they're barbarians he's like they clothe their women uh <laughs> and then <laughs> tasha's like yeah shut up dude and he's like how dare you insult me i don't let ferengi or human females insult mordok uh and he, he's he's very insulted and then that's when like the, there's that whole thing where it's like hey i'll challenge you to this jeopardy question i'm, I'm gonna chop your ear off no i'm not <laughs> and then uh he answers the question and then and then like he's like dude they become best friends after this, <laughs> they're just walking around. They're like, "All right," he's like, "Follow me, dude. Let me talk to you, dude." Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, actually, uh, this is the this is the conversation they have, which I, yeah. I actually really enjoy. This conversation. What of them? Shall I destroy them? Then they would learn nothing. A most interesting conclusion. But what if they never learn, Riker? Is this a test, also? <laughs> In life, one is always tested. I see them. Much as we were several hundred years ago. But possessing the technology they now have, they're very dangerous. Untrue! We seek friendship with you! But we can hardly hate what we once were. They may grow and learn. And learn ways to destroy you. Well, our values require us to face that possibility. What of you, with your empire gone? The universe exists to me to create life. I shall sleep until needed again. Yeah, they never come back to him, though, because he could be really useful. Uh, That's too bad. Uh, You know what? I forgot that there was that line in there uh, from Riker about, like, I see them as ourselves and, you know, with current technology and all that stuff. Like, I forgot that he actually explicitly said that in this episode. So, you know what? I'm going to take back a little bit of what I said earlier about uh, that massaging. Like, there's your thesis statement there. It is still unfortunate of how they were designed. That's what I mean. Like, you you could have had the best of intentions, but it's still bad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's what I mean. Like, that's what, like I said a few podcasts ago, like uh, Gene Roddenberry, he he was trying to be progressive, but he 
often failed horribly. Like the fact that he was, I didn't know that story about him being obsessed with their penises. Like, <laughs> why was that a point that he was thinking so much about, right? So his priorities are a little weird. But <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, he's trying, but but if you approach things like that, you're going to end up with this type of thing. You know, so. <laughs> oh, this is, what, this is what you get. This is what you get, <laughs> And then, um, and then, so they're they're walking around like, nah, let's let these guys live. They're look, we were pieces of shit once. Let them live. Let them live their yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they uh, they keep walking, and the, the old dude's like, well, I'm gonna take another nap because uh, I'm not <laughs> I'm not useful. And then he goes to take a nap, and then he's like, oh, but one thing, could you please release my ship? And he's like, oh, it's been done. And then <laughs> it, magically, the the air comes back on the Enterprise, and everything's back on. Right. He's, like, he's like the Edison Power Company. He cuts <laughs> them off, and then he gives them power again. What a dick! I see you've made um, your payment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You were three months behind, but now you're okay. And then the uh, the crew beams up to the Enterprise, and they're like, "Hey, we're back." There was, like I said before, there was it was B plot lines very sparse in this on this episode. Yeah, there really there isn't like, a B plot line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Um, we've gone this entire podcast without mentioning. The fucking finger traps. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a good metaphor, you know, for. Well, okay. Here's the here's thing, though. Where do they um, come from, though? They call them Data and his finger traps as though he yeah. invented them. And he said, <laughs> he, Riker says, why don't we send a box of Data's finger traps yeah. up to them? Well, it's like, well, how does, first of all, why does he have a box of finger traps? <laughs> Second of all, well, how does he know he has a box of finger traps? <laughs> it's weird because, like, they, they set it up by having the boys just hanging out, those little kids hanging out in the conference room. Why are they there? Yeah. In the first place, like, the conference room, it connects directly to the bridge. Yeah. How were they uh, in there? Pic Pic Card does not let people, kid, children on the bridge. Yeah. But therefore, how the fuck however, did they get in there? It, it was at least a clunky callback because it's Riker who says, "Hey, kids, get out of here. Yeah, run yeah, along, so, you little scamps. We're yeah, about to meet so about how to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's why there's like a random uh, finger trap in there. And then I don't know, like it's supposed to be the metaphor for for I guess uh, the Ferengi and the humans coming together to work on something, but they don't actually nobody comes together yeah right? like you i'm not even sure i believe that your interpretation of the metaphor was what they intended no i what i mean is like i think that's what it's you that's what you think it's supposed to be right like that's literally the the metaphor every show that uses a finger trap uses that metaphor for when you struggle struggle against each other you'll fail but when you come together and pull it apart that's when you the solution works. well it's like other times when it's you, used when you as like a when you're getting in your own way sort of metaphor mm -hmm. and like it's not always about two warring factions it's about sometimes it can be about like right. if you keep struggling against your own like it's about accepting what's yeah. there well because to me the act the fact that both ships were trapped was exactly like the finger trap and i was like aren't you gonna do that isn't that the metaphor and is the Takan empire the finger trap yeah that's what i thought like i finger, thought like finger cuffs yeah i thought the i thought the outpost was the finger trap and then it, that's not what was going on. What ended up being the case is that the one finger turned out to be Riker and was really smart. Yeah. One <laughs> finger got out and the other finger is still stuck. <laughs> that's Freddie got fingered. <laughs> <laughs> con, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. We've said finger way too much, dude. <laughs> Fair enough. I, it's I, I tried to count and I lost count. I was like, whoa, we've been saying finger too much. Um, <laughs> And finger cuffs. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, what I got from it and, and, and the finger cuffs, to say it again, 
is that when you touch tip to tip, <laughs> all your problems are, are gone. Yeah. yeah. It's released. You're released. But you do you need, need help from the rest of the hand to kind of hold it in place as, <laughs> as you free so. yourself. I guess so. Oh, yeah. And then that. they, um, they're like, oh, okay, let's send the box of finger traps over to them and have them die because they can't eat because they're trapped in those finger traps. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then this is the first time I actually like sat through the credits mm-hmm. and, um, I didn't know, uh, what is it? Jerry Goldsmith did the, the score, mm-hmm, the, yeah, yeah. the main theme. I didn't know that. I, I just found out in this episode. Yeah. They, they brought back, uh, cause he did this. I, if I remember correctly, he did the score for the movies. Yeah. The, he composed the scores for the original series films. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wow. they were, they, they were like, you did a, such a great job here. Can you just set the score for TNG for us, at least for the first season? And that's. That's what uh, that's what happened, I mean, which is why the score the, the score is great. That's definitely yeah. a banger of a theme. Yeah, you know. it's it's like it. The funny part is, if you it's, ask people today what's the Star Trek theme now, they'll probably hum this version before the TOS theme. Oh yeah, you know? I I you agree know? with that. And I like I'll just mention this as an aside because this is a weird thing that I had growing up, kind of like you had with Khan. I kept uh-huh. every time I hear the Next Generation theme, I keep thinking it. Or for the longest time, I thought it was a Superman theme. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, because you can imagine it going. Superman can fly to that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like up in the sky. Superman. You know, if you can sing a Superman. Yeah. That's that's a Bruce Tim trick. Yeah. That's a Bruce Tim said. Every good Superman theme allows you to say the word Superman as lyrics over and over. Yeah. Up in the sky. Who is that? It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. Yeah. You know, it all fits. It's like da 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 Superman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's and then TNG also. I mean, they're 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 all Supermen yeah. in their own way. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how, that's basically how it ends. They, they, they have a laugh because they're going to send a box of finger yeah, traps. They're going to kill them all. <laughs> basically. They're by by they're restricting their eat. hands forever. I want, I want to, this is a, that's a type of thing where you want an epilogue shot and like yeah. all of their fingers. Well, yeah, like a Ferengi bridge of it, like yep, a, yeah. a whole crew yeah. who can't operate any controls. And because there's all shit, of their fingers. shit everywhere. Yeah, it's not just, they can't not just their <laughs> index, every yeah. finger. Yeah, yeah exactly. Every yeah. finger Five is trapped in per, every trap. Yeah, yeah. Per Ferengi, yes. Yeah, and they're like, why? What is this sorcery? And then they all, and then uh, Captain's Log next episode, the Ferengi on that spaceship have passed away from an inability to control anything. Yeah. We got dysentery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what happens when your fingers get trapped. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Uh, so you said your favorite character is this episode's Riker yeah yeah I I mean it really shines um, in this episode yeah this is his hero moment yeah for sure and what would again a rating what would you out of 10 we always go right out of 10 10 starships Um, Nicki Minaj let's go this is a good that's the song that I like to play under this this episode (laughs) uh, that WAP song um No, that would have been we a good could, good one for for two episodes ago, right? When they were all drunk. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like the Ferengi Leave Dr. of all, Crusher out the, of this. I, yeah, I like yeah. the idea of the Ferengi being into WAP, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, so you, we got how many uh, starships out of ten from one to ten? Uh, I guess I would go. This is a good episode. I like the I like the drunk one a lot. That's been I think I, I think that's been my favorite now. Uh, so this would have to be like a 
like a seven, eight mm-hmm, around there. Mm-hmm. Seven, seven. I need a place to go from here. So seven. What about you, Dan? What do you think? I think I'm right around there. And I'm sorry. I was just laughing because I was thinking of explain what is macaroni in a pot. <laughs> <laughs> we understand the sound, but <laughs> what does she mean? <laughs> is that what pussy sounds like? It's why? What do you mean? What do you mean? Her cat is wet. What? Uh, I would also give it a 7 out of 10. I think if it wasn't for the Ferengi being such a shitty thing in the episode and more interesting than they are and less problematic, it probably would go up to like an 8, 8.5. Yeah, sure. But they they really bring it down a lot because otherwise it's a well-written episode in terms of like, it's a very Star Trek setup for a problem. Yeah, There's like twist. Sometimes right? I you struggle know? with Ferengi because like st- stereotypical or stereotypes and caricatures aside, like they are written as pretty jerky, annoying characters that are easy to hate. Um, yeah, and so that's the like thing. the more you go along with that, it's like, well, yeah, these guys suck. It's like, well, am I assisting racism here? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. like, how do I feel about my feelings right now? That's one yeah. of the things about Star Trek is that it's it's a like it's like a lot of older media, right? Yeah, Where yeah. you're like it's problematic, but I don't think being problematic in and of itself is reason alone to fully discount media. You know, no, sure. like Lord of the Lord of the Rings is problematic, right? J.R. Tolkien called or he basically compared orcs to Orientals. You know, and that's that's how he this is original description of Urukayar. That's problematic, you know, but there's other things you can appreciate about the the Lord of the Rings world and mythology that false, false. Hey everyone, look <laughs> l- look up everyone look up pictures of HP Lovecraft's cat. Oh yeah. Well Lovecraft was a horrible racist, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. there's things where you could like you evaluate as you go, right? Like a J.K. Rowling, you go, you know what? Fuck that. We don't need that anymore. You know? Yeah. Like uh, when, yeah. when when it's very clear <laughs> that, you know, you have no intent on improving, then it's easy to dismiss like right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. Just be like, yeah. well, yes, well fuck this. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. but I just feel like, yes, Star Trek is problematic, you know, in general. Like, like, it's like I said before, Klingons are Asian stereotypes. And yeah, they tried really to adjust for that. And so it's yeah, like they're, they're, they're trying to adjust. And as a series itself is going on. And the and the whole spirit of Star Trek is they are trying to improve. It's a bumble right? in good faith. Yeah, so that's why I appreciate uh, being able to watch these episodes anyway and being going, yeah, that's problematic, but that shouldn't discount the fact that there are some lots of things actually about Star Trek that's great, and we, we shouldn't completely th- let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. And if it was if it was Doctor Crusher, she'd throw out the baby. Yeah, <laughs> she kids. should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, You brought up Lord of the Rings, and I have to talk about this now. (laughs) All I wanted, the whole three movies, was like these two homosexual hobbits to make out. Finally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They've they've been holding this love for three fucking movies. Let them fuck at the end of the third one. Or at least let let us think they did. Let them spend the night in the same bed, dude. I wanted, okay, I I genuinely wanted a scene of them holding hands or something. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, even that would have been something. They depend on it, dude. And they even had, like, well, they one do shot. ultimate, like, they, they, they tickle your balls a little bit at the very, very end where it's like, hey, we yep. are in a bed. 
Let's all get yeah. in here. Let's have a big old. Uh, it's not an orgy, no. though. Well, they go they they go even <laughs> further though. When after Frodo decides to leave on the ship, he gives Samwise a kiss on the forehead. True, you know? true. Yeah. He does. So if he had like one other scene right before that where they held hands or something and had like yeah. a quiet moment, you would have been like, "There's something here." Yeah, you know, and you're or, like, "Or oh, you've okay. been like, you know, <laughs> finally, finally they, they but, got but it." They on. Had, but they had to be like, "No, uh, Samwise is definitely not gay. He wants he wants." Rosemary, was her name Rose or something like, or whatever uh, the, the 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 lady Hobbit. She he wants her really bad, you know. It's like, uh, ah, nah, dude, nah, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> okay, but uh, quick quick question about that. Full disclosure: I never read the Lord of the Rings books. Is yeah, me neither. Full disclosure: they suck. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. A lot of people are very angry. Right I mean, now. I hear I hear conflicting reports. I have I've heard conflicting reports. But uh, the question I want to ask is: Is that homosexual reading in the text? I don't think so. Like the, I, okay, I've read parts of Fellowship and parts of Two Towers. I haven't read Return of the King at all. Mm-hmm. But from what I have read, it's like there's two ways J.R. Tolkien writes. It's very procedural or it's hyper descriptive. So like he either describes events just happening in order mm. and there's some flavor here and there, but it's not really character development as much as it is this happens to this character and this is how they respond, right? And then there are scenes where he'll describe how they dug a grave for like two pages. Okay, so you know? no mechanical <laughs> like step-by-step descriptions of how they had sex. <laughs> he he spit on his finger and then pressed into his. <laughs> but no, I don't. I don't. There's nothing like that in the books, as far as I know. Otherwise, that would have been a huge point in the movies. I feel like what? Oh my god! Why can't I remember his name? Uh, the director. Um, Peter, oh Jackson. Peter, yeah, Jackson. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. I, 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 I almost I said feel George like Romero. What, Why? <laughs> <laughs> Those would have been very different movies to George Romero. That would have been an awesome movie. Uh, would Kai that. would just be like angry zombies just running at everyone. But, yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the idea of that, I think, I think what Peter Jackson really brought to Lord of the Rings for a film narrative is that he really created character development, like. Like the budding relation, as far as I understand, please correct me if I'm wrong, people who are listening. But as far as I understand, in the books, for example, the the relationship between Gimli and uh, Legolas, Legolas, yeah, that isn't really like a real thing in the books. Mm. But the movies, they decide to develop that much more, you know, or the idea of uh, Samwise and Frodo. I think they're definitely great friends, but I think it's most in the books. It's more, more about Samwise being subservient mm-hmm. to Frodo. And you know, that is how the initial excuse why Samwise does it. Right. But you can see that there eventually ends up being something a lot deeper there. I mean, like, I mean, to, to, just to put it in a less ch- like childish way, like they're just very, very close friends who've gone through a very traumatic experience. Right. And sure. that's not something the books really go into because what the books do when they come back to the Shire is that the Shire is under attack, you know? <laughs> oh shit, I didn't know and that. Yeah. So the way the books end is that the Shire is under attack. By whom? Uh by Sauron, I believe. Sauron com- takes revenge, I believe, to come back to the Shire and t- it, when they come back, the Shire has been taken over. Oh shit. And yeah, so th- this is this is one of the differences I really like about what Peter Jackson did versus the books is that in the books the Hobbit's big moment at the end is that they have gone through an adventure. Now they are warriors. 
they can take back the Shire on their own and they do, right? Mm -hmm. And that's supposed to be like their development and their growth, right? But Peter Jackson didn't do that. Peter Jackson said their growth is that now that they're back, they're very different people. You know, like Frodo says, I can't really be in the Shire anymore. I've gone through such a crazy experience that I can't pretend I can live a nice, quiet, happy life. I do really enjoy that, like, portion of Return of the King where they're like kind of back in the place where they started and they're just looking around and they're like, good, right? And they're like, this really doesn't do it anymore, man. Yeah, it's like this used to be their whole life. Yeah. Now they've literally seen the entire world, seen gigantic wars happening, seen their friends triumph and die. This. All of this crazy, literally save the world. Then they go back to the Shire and it's as beautiful as they remember it. And it's nice and quiet and peaceful and happy. And they don't really belong there anymore. And it's so cool. It's such a great difference, I think that Peter Jackson brought that wasn't in the original books. And that's what I mean. Like, again, correct me if I'm wrong, people listening, but uh, that's what I really, really enjoyed about the way he adapted it. He decided to make it much more character driven because the books, is the, the events are a little random. Like this happened and then Tom Bombadil showed up and then this happened and then this happened and then the Eagles and then blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. But the the movies decided to make more of a character development narrative through it. And the events had just happened the way they do in order to progress character. I think that's great. I regret talking about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I apologize. For the <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know, Ricardo, fuck you. <laughs> well, thanks for listening uh, to newbie Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> Newbie loader. Uh, what a what a great time. Anyway, allegedly that was the last outpost. Uh, yeah. a, a pretty a pretty classic episode of Star Trek TNG. Classic in the sense that it's it's a very old prototypical type prototypical <laughs> type of episode that they have, you know. So so the next episode is where no one has gone before. And this is an episode What's that I actually- reference to. <laughs> gone baby uh, gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Uh it's a reference to a novel that hasn't been written yet. Uh, <laughs> uh I I um I don't remember this episode at all. So this will actually be new to me as well. Interesting. Okay. So anyway, uh if you like this podcast, you know, you can find more of the episodes at newbiestartrek.com. That's n e w b i e startrek.com. And if you've been liking the podcast so far, hey, you know, Go to like Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Give us a review. It really helps with the metrics. It it turns out that uh, a lot of podcasts rankings and whatnot are very linear. It just depends on how many reviews they have. (laughs) Wow. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So if you you like it, you know, some of us, some of you guys have already given us uh, a bunch of reviews. So very happy about it. Thank you very much. Thank Um, you. Thank you. If you haven't given us a review and you'd like to do more, please go ahead. But no pressure. You know, yeah. as long as if you're listening, hanging out with us, that's all we can ask of you. Thank you for being here. Yeah. If you like listening to us talking about lots of other stuff, too, we also have another podcast, the Fugitive Frames Film Podcast, where, yeah. Ricardo, do you want to explain that one? Uh, look, we pick a topic and then we have like a kind of like a roundtable countdown discussion about it. We list our top 10 movies of the week's topic. Well, like we could do psychological horror, which is our next episode dropping soon, or or maybe by the time this episode's out, it'll be out. So yeah, yeah, look for it. Um, but yeah, we discuss film topics and then list like our top ten 
favorite yeah. things. Or sometimes yeah. we do a director. Coming soon, we're going to be releasing an episode on old Neil Brain. Oh, spoiler alert. The visionary. He's, yeah, the visionary <laughs> director, a tour artist, and spoiler great alert. human being all around. Yep. Neil yeah. Brain. Yeah, there's a, a real lot of human ass. brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 and a real um, hero. Yeah, and and look, he's debatably wanna, human, really. <laughs> <laughs> you want you know really give it to me because I talk shit about Lord of the Rings. That's fine. Do it on Apple Podcast. Uh, the rating thing, just rate it, and then and then drop me a line there. Tell me what you think about Lord of the Rings. Hey, if you agree with me. Lord of the Rings. Oh man, sucks. I would love to have like a flame war in the comments of this Star Trek <laughs> podcast about Lord of the Rings only. Oh my god. Oh uh, man. So yeah, you know, you can do that. You can you can you can you can uh, contact yeah. me through there or you know on Twitter, whatever the fuck you want to yeah. do. I'll be there, dude. But if you like the sweet, sweet taste of sour chaos or African <laughs> Queen or Orange Creamsicle or uh Bogata Berry. Then go ahead and, uh, you know, contact these and tell them, hey, these guys are doing a fantastic fucking job. They love your products and they want to be sponsored. They love that sweet, sweet taste of uh, a sour diesel and the sweet, sweet taste of Sunset Sherbert. Or Skywalker. And, you know, yeah, or old, old Skywalker. They love that stuff. Send those guys oh, yeah, some. Yeah, uh, yeah. some uh, you got to be judicious. You got to be judicious, though, Ricardo, because if yeah. you keep doing this too much, they'll be like, oh, they're just doing it for free. Yeah, man. Well, okay. you know, that's true. That's you got to withhold hey, a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You got to give them a little um, whiff of it. And then, ease.com. Yeah, this is the kind yeah, of endorsement you could be having, Ease. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so if you want to um, catch the, the Fugitive Frames film podcast, that's at FugitiveFrames.com if you want to go catch that podcast. And eventually that website's going to have a bunch of stuff, uh, all of our stuff on it. So. All our links and all that stuff eventually. Yeah, 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 eventually. But for now, that's where the Fugitive Frames film podcast itself lives. Yeah. And also Dan, Ricardo, and uh, Marcel, who's not on this podcast, but hey, if you know who Marcel is, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we are all making footage. <laughs> if you know who Marcel is, we apologize to you. <laughs> We are all making video game footage on, <laughs> yeah, a, just on a channel footage, called, though. Yeah, 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 just the footage yeah. on, a, on a channel called Fugitive Games. You know, it's a it's a it's a it's a let's play channel, but we're also yeah. doing random uh, reviews. It's on the site called random, YouTube. Yeah, it's yeah. on the YouTube. Uh, so it's got a yeah, lot. Yeah. By the time this episode comes out, actually, we will have just finished our week of Mario, which will be not like any week of Mario anyone is expecting. I think so. <laughs> There's some That'll good be, stuff in that week. I there is a game in there, spoilers, that I've never laughed more at on on the channel than any other video ever. It, I don't think I, like by the time we finished recording, I had to take a break because my throat hurt because <laughs> we were laughing so much. Uh, <laughs> mm, my so, throat hurt for a different reason. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> You're watching a lot of the hot. Watch it. You'll find out why. <laughs> Uh, so if you want to if you want to find fugitive games just you can search for fugitive games on youtube or just go to fugitive.games that is our url so clever girl next time we're gonna go to where no one has gone before but until then thanks for listening guys we'll see you next time hmm, what do you mean there's whores in the house <laughs> <laughs>
What? The whores uh, are coming from inside the, the house? <laughs> the whores? I was still doing the WAP joke. Oh. <laughs> That's good. That's very good. That's very good. <laughs> <laughs>